It's time to talk about the hot mess history of our calendar. On today's episode, Monica and I dive deep into leap year, April Fool's Day, and why the heck the 10th month of the year is named after the number nine. Find out all this and more on today's episode of Two Monicas in a Microphone. I can't believe that I'm about to say this, but this is the last episode of season one. I can't believe it. And I thought you were going to say ever. And I was like, wait, when did, when did that happen? <laughs> no, no, I love it. I I don't uh, foresee me ever wanting to say this is our last episode ever. I know. I can't get enough of hearing our voices. Yeah. So season two is going to start on March 1st. But for all of our friends out there, you can still follow us on Instagram at Two Monica's Podcast to keep up with us or share an episode idea. You can also go there and sign up to be on our email list as well. All right. So speaking of new things, it is the beginning of a new year. And this is a time that people sit down and mark out goals and plans. And in fact, I was doing that for us while I was making a calendar out for us to share with you after we record today about season two. That actually has to come into play with what we're going to be talking about today. Do you use a calendar at all or a planner or do you just willy nilly get through life? Do I have a calendar or a planner? So get this. I bought an 18-month calendar in August. It was the end of 2021 and all of 2022. And I said, Paul, we're going to put this up in the house. That way we can keep track of kids' appointments and, you know, things we have going on, even though we have no friends and no plans and, you know, it should be fairly easy. And he's like, I didn't think you liked paper. I'm like, I don't but I want to be able to see it. Guess what? I never opened it. Well, you know, good news. It's only January. You can still open that calendar. There's still time. I use, well, I used to use a paper calendar all the time. I'd print it out, update it uh, when your kids have a lot of things going on. I will have to say that that is nice. And then I keep it on the door to the garage so we can see what's going on every day at a glance. Oh, that's a good idea. I do like it. It keeps me on track. I like paper calendars. Now, if I want to have an appointment, I do put it in my phone, but a paper calendar is always going to be what I go for. So I used to use a Franklin planner. I've used so many different kinds of planners. And basically what it comes down to is if you don't write in them, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) We're actually not going to talk about planners today. We're actually going to talk about the hot mess history of our calendar. And we touched on this a little bit in the last episode. Oh man, Monica, as I was researching this topic, I realized that it is very confusing and even historians don't really agree 100% on the evolution of our calendar, but there's a, a general idea about it. People out there like to say that historians don't make money, but I am really happy they exist. I'm just going to say that after putting this paper together. And it, I do say paper, even though it's a podcast, because if anyone saw the notes on this, I told Zach, I feel like I'm back in college. <laughs> 
every episode is a mini research paper. It really is. It really is. And this, I think, is all the episodes we've done. I knew the least about this topic, so it took even more learning. I had originally named this the 12 months. I was going to go through everything at a surface level. Like, why was January named after the god Juno? Was it named after the god Juno? Why do we have birthstones? What's the deal with September through December not matching their Latin numerical roots? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, really nerdy stuff. But instead, I started asking different questions like, what is time? How long is a year truly? And why 12 months? You know, why not four? Why not eight? So I uncovered these answers to these questions, plus the very, very messy history of our modern calendar, including leap years, which is super interesting. And that's actually what I'm going to be sharing with you on today's episode. What is time? Do you know? Do you have any thoughts on it? I feel like as a philosopher, you might have a thought or two. Time is relative. Time (laughs) is what you make of it. You never get it back. You only lose it. And I do believe that Einstein was onto something with his theory of relativity because when you're having a good time, it flies. Yes. That's my philosophical view. So I want everyone to hold on to their seats because I look up time in a scientific aspect. And like with most of the stuff that we talk about on this show, what we've learned is that the science is still out on it. (laughs) I just feel like that's the answer I get every time. Measuring a year is incredibly impossible and calculating and recording time is definitely a man-made phenomenon. Kind of think about the fact that we want to control time with the calendar as just, you know, human nature being control freaks. We want things to be quantifiable and predictable. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm just a dormant political scientist and you're a philosopher who's already shared your thoughts on this. So let's really see down to the nitty gritty what a couple of scientists have said about time. And according to an article in BBC scientificfocus.com. Scientists have indeed tackled the mystery of time and they have reached an astounding conclusion. They insist that the most successful theories in physics prove time does not exist. See, I was right. Right. But then again, it goes on to say that theoretical physicist Professor Smolin thinks that they, being scientists, have been led to dismiss the reality of time by a mix of a deep-seated belief and esoteric mathematics. Oh my God. I know, right? So he posits that not only does time exist, but that it is responsible for our very existence. Now, we're not going to get really far into talking about what that means, but I'm like, does that mean time is sentient? Like, I don't know what's going on with what he found. Did he like find God? I don't know. I didn't read his paper. So there's a lot of theories out there. And thankfully, we are not here to debate that. We are going to talk a little bit about how we got to the calendar, right? So calendar, as we talked before, traces time. We've Mm -hmm. talked about time, but what else does the calendar track when it comes right down to it? A year. A calendar does not track minutes, if you will, but it tracks a year. So I thought, how long is a year truly? So 
Monica, do you know how long a year really is? What do you think a year is? I mean, off the top of my head, I would definitely say it's 365 days usually, but sometimes we have to add some days and, you know, just off the top of my head, 365 days, except for every four years, there's 366. That is what I said before I started this research project. (laughs) I would agree. So there's two different ways to track a year super scientifically. One is called the sidereal year, and it is the time that it takes the Earth to orbit the sun with respect to fixed stars. So that's 365 days, six hours and nine minutes and nine seconds. Then we have the tropical year, and that is based off of the summer and the winter solstice. It's crazy, though, because the exact length of a tropical year can vary to around half an hour. So I guess the tropical year in 2032 will last longer than 365 days and six hours. But in 2027, it's only going to last 365 days and five hours and 39 minutes. Wow. This is why we like calendars, because we don't really care about all those extra minutes. Let's round up or round down. Yes. And that is what our ancestors, ancient man, that's what they did. They just rounded as well, because it's very difficult. We're going to talk a little bit more about our Western calendar, though. I am going to cut in here with something that's very unique to the United States. The thing called daylight savings time. Oh my gosh. Right. See, it elicited a moan immediately. That is us just dealing with a matter of two hours, right? Just two hours that we're manipulating every year. It causes us such consternation. Well, before we had the Gregorian calendar, there were so many changes all the time. Like these are actually kind of hilarious to me. And I could not even imagine living during this time. And it was definitely something I was ignorant to of the daily life of people in Rome. I'm going to get a little nerdy here, but hopefully I can make it somewhat entertaining for you to learn how we got up to the Gregorian calendar, which you shared with us last time. In 46 BC, the Roman calendar had 12 months, but only 355 days. So they're like, hey, there's just these 10 days hanging out all willy nilly. We'll just use them wherever we want, whenever we want. So today (laughs) I will just say, you know, today is January. January 7th, but I'm just going to say it's January 9th because I want to use it for my political game. That to me is crazy, but also not really because seriously, people in power, when they get power, they will do what they want, including manipulate calendars. just about to say that. They were obviously abusing this. And Julius Caesar, he could have continued to abuse it himself, but I think he was probably maybe more analytical and he wanted to put an end to this abuse of the calendar. Plus it was super confusing. People are showing up at the wrong time, the wrong day. And and we'll learn later that that goes on for centuries, but I mean, I do that with a calendar. So (laughs) exactly. So he did. Yeah. So he didn't exactly solve that problem for all of mankind, but he he did a pretty good job. Now, of course, it wasn't just him. He had a forum of the best thinkers of the time to help him come up with this. And he did borrow the idea from the Egyptians. It's not all Julius Caesar from his mind, but he was the task manager, if you will, who got it going. What he did is he made a calendar that wasn't perfect. It drifted by one day every 134 years. And what did he care? He was going to be dead. He wasn't going to have any appointments. So in order to 
get that year to match up with the new calendar though. So it was going to have an extra year that was going to affect everybody in over a century. Well, the same thing, it kind of happened with those extra 10 days at the end of 47 BC in order to get his new calendar set up. He added 60 days to the end of it and calling it the last year of confusion. So let's think about that right now. Like at the end of December, of December, we're just like, let's add on a little over two months and <laughs> let's see what happens. Could you imagine? No, that would be a disaster. Yeah, and it's not even the first time that this happens to our calendar. But I think what they did is it, they did what sometimes we have to do as mankind. And we just have to be like, this is gonna be messy for now so it can be better for later. Of course, he really didn't care about the people in 134 years who would have this extra day, right? And that brings us to Mr. And you wouldn't call him Mr. But anyway, Pope Gregory. El Papa makes some changes because El Papa is king. Kind of, but it's the same type of thing that kind of happened with Julius Caesar. It was because things were getting confusing and somebody needed to fix it. So remember how I kept talking about one day every 134 years, right? Right. Well, 1600 years later... There's some extra days and the way that they were doing the calendar back then, well, at least Pope Gregory, it was based off of figuring out when Easter was, which was super Mm -hmm. important. Well, Mm -hmm. Easter was shifting from spring to summer because of this. Oh my gosh. He's like, I can't be having my Easter in the spring, so I need to come up with a solution. So yeah, he's king. He's making all the rules, if you will. I understand he's not king, everyone. Okay, that's lowercase king. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He comes up, just like Julius Caesar did, he comes up with a plan by getting the best minds around. You know, he again, task manager for the new calendar. Biggest change that they made, they're like, yeah, no, this is a good start, but we need to it not be every 134 years. Clearly, it's going to cause a problem for a pope in 1600 years again mm-hmm. <laughs> to figure out when Easter is. We're going to make a new leap year calculation. And this is the part of leap year I did not understand. It's like how you and I said, well, it's every four years, right? That's really what I thought. Wrong. <laughs> Oh, okay. It actually has a formula. So we can't just say it's every four years. Because if we do that, then we're going to end up like Julius Caesar and it's going to have a lot of extra days. So a leap year is actually only occurring in a year that is divisible by four, which is what we understand it as, but not divisible by 100. However, (laughs) if it is divisible by 400, disregard the 100 rule. So in the year 2100, Everyone is going to be super confused because it's not going to be a leap year, but it'll be four years after a leap year. You know, people are going to be so confused. That helped make up for this leakage of time, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're getting into a little bit of leap years. One question we have is why the heck is it at the end of February? That's a great question. I just thought because February was a short month. The story of February could be its own podcast. And I wish that I was kidding. <laughs> 
All right. Okay. At one point, February was the last month of the year. So they just tacked that extra day onto the last day, which is kind of cool because think about that. What if it was December 30th, 31st, and then 32nd? It would be like every four years, we got an extra day off or a holiday. Knowing us as Americans, we would 100% make that a celebration day. Yeah, we definitely would. We'd close the post office and the banks, but everyone else still has to go to work. But there'd be a lot of really good sales. So the leap year, it helps, but you know what? It's actually still 20 seconds off per year, which I think is a pretty accurate, especially for it being the 1500s and coming up with this new calculation, but they still have an extra 26 seconds every year. Now, what that means is in the year 4909, if civilization has made it at all, and this calendar has survived... A lot of ifs there will be off by an entire day. So it would be like you would need a reverse leap year in the year 4909 to get you back on track. So maybe instead of February having 29 days for leap year, they'd only have 27 for anti-leap year. Oh my God. All those people born on February 28th are just going to not age for a year. I love that you brought that up because we will be talking a little bit about how people's birthdays change because of this too. Why was February the last month, but now it's the second month? I have absolutely no clue. Neither do I. And that was a rabbit hole I could never get the really good answer to. And I'm not kidding you. Remember, I texted you that (laughs) February. And there's not even really any good theories on it. So I just know that it has to do with winter. Honestly, they didn't used to track the months of winter. They didn't give them any names in the old Roman calendar. They were like, who cares? It's winter. What difference does it make? What day it is? <laughs> right. So yeah. it has a lot to do with that. So it has to do with it being in winter, tacked onto the end. But then when it became Julian, then they decided to do something different. So by time it became the Gregorian calendar, it is in February already. So that's why they added it to the end of February because the leap days were already accounted for in there. So they just kept it. They didn't mess with the day that it was, even if it would have made more logistical sense to move it to the to the end again. But why is February the second month? I don't know. It's very, it's just very confusing. You can find easily how January moved to the first month because it actually used to be the second to last month, but the February is just convoluted. And if you find it out, go ahead and share it with me and all your sources. Monica was driving me nuts. Yeah. I was like, it shouldn't take this long to get this answer. (laughs) With all of that being said about leap year and February, Remember we talked about those drift days, right? That we're taking Easter from spring into summer. Well, much like Julius Caesar had to do, the Pope here had to do the same thing. He had to adjust for those days. And I do wonder when I tell you this story, if it's not where the fairy tale of Sleeping Beauty comes from. This seems like the perfect time to tell you about our first episode coming soon in season two. Monica and I take a deep dive into all the classics and they are nothing like what you've been told. Join us March 1st as we start an exciting new season of Two Monicas in a Microphone with our episode, Fairy Tales Should Scare You. 
So in the year 1582, when you went to bed on October 4th, it was October 4th. But when you woke up, it was October 15th. What? They just were like, we'll get rid of these days. Oh my gosh. Can you even imagine, right? Talk about confusion. I feel like this is another year of confusion. So everything changed. Debt deadlines. Oh, they're due sooner. Holidays. Birthdays changed. Even the Pope's birthday was affected and went from being January 1st to January 11th. Wow. Protestant countries, as we talked about, were a little iffy on adopting this new calendar. As we talked about before, they looked at it as the way for the Catholic Church to slow their movement. Aha. And that comes into play for us, United States. England didn't use the Gregorian calendar until the year 1752. Okay, and that was through an act of parliament and they had to do the same thing. So they advanced the date from September 2nd to September 14th. And that affected the American colonies. Obviously, we weren't a nation yet, right? Mm -hmm. 1752. But it's really cool because in Ben Franklin's almanac, he actually has an entry about this. So Monica, I love Ben Franklin. I love all of his sayings. The Almanac is a great resource and a lot of people still use it today. So this is a quote from Ben Franklin. And what an indulgence is here for those who love their pillow to lie down in peace on the second of this month and perhaps not awake till the morning of the 14th. I mean, that sounds like some restful sleep. It does. And he's so sarcastic. I love it. I say that the Gregorian calendar is winner, winner, chicken dinner, because you only lose one day every 3,236 years. That sounds like about as accurate as you could get. Considering what we're trying to do, the whole purpose of the calendar, right? Mm -hmm. So the first time anyone's going to get stinky again, because there's going to be extra days or whatnot is I believe the year 5,205, 5,205. If in fact the earth exists and the Gregorian calendar is still telling everyone what to do, then I bet that year will be ultra super mega uber leap day. I am so glad we're not going to be around. Another really interesting fact about the Gregorian calendar shift. So we talked about birthdays shifting, Mm -hmm. talked about this leap year, having to add those extra days. Well, it is the origin story of one of our holidays. Now it's not a holiday, but it's a day that a lot of people celebrate and it is April Fool's Day. I love April Fool's Day. As we talked about, they made all these switches. Well, one of the switches is that the first day of the year went to January 1st instead of April 1st. So people who didn't get the memo, which hello, it was 1582. There wasn't social media. There wasn't the Pony Express. There wasn't easy ways to get information, right? So we understand this. This, Yeah, this even affected us into modern times, right? Getting information out. So they really didn't know. So people who continue to celebrate the first of the year on April 1st were called April Fools. And then they got tricks played on them because they were so foolish. One of the tricks was like to put some sort of fish on their back to show how they were. I would call it the same as saying someone's green, like they're new and they don't know something, but it was some sort of fish that they tie on their back, which is so gross. (laughs) 
So Monica, Paul and I share a very special event that happened on April Fool's Day. And what is that? Uh, we got married. It still cracks me up to this yeah. day. Yep. We got married and uh, went to the courthouse, signed the paperwork, had a nice dinner. I remember you saying you always wanted to get married on April 1st. Oh, I totally did. <laughs> you always said that. And I was always like, you're a weirdo, but okay. I think it's kind of hilarious. And then if we did tell people, <laughs> they'd be like, no, you're joking. I'd be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what day do you celebrate your anniversary? Uh, the one in October, October 11th. It was You're completely monetarily driven because yep. Paul gets paid extra. That's so married. funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, that's not why y'all got married, but is no, that why y'all got married sooner than later? I always thought you just joked about that. I didn't know it actually. You did <laughs> it. That's funny. I think I think it's pretty good. That's the best April Fool's story I've heard. People always bring up this problem about our calendar. The last four months of the year are clearly named after numerals, but they don't add up at all to the month that they're representing. So for instance, September 9th month, numeral seven, October gotcha. 10th month, yeah. numeral eight, November 11th month, numeral nine, December 12th month, numeral 10. But that, to, that's carryover from the Roman calendar, don't you think? Yeah, no, that's what it is. Carry over from, and they used to be the 7th, 8th, 9th, right. 10th, and then January and February were 11 and 12, not one and two. Right. So that's what I'm saying a lot of people have that question mm -hmm. and here is your answer it is this entire podcast has given you that answer <laughs> i just know that's just a question i see people bring up all the time and i myself never really knew i i mean obviously you're like well something happened but what was it and we don't know we don't know about february why pope gregory when he made the new calendar didn't rename the months i will never know because I would think that that would bother you so much. And here you are making all these changes. Why not change that? Right. But he did. Right. That was a fail in my book. At least keep seven, eight, nine, and 10 as seven, eight, nine, and 10. Yeah. So there's just so many different things that could have been done, but it never was. They are what they are. And we don't speak Latin anymore. So we don't think about it as much, but you know, math. So sometimes you're like, this doesn't compute. So January, named after the Roman god of beginnings and transitions. I think you talked about this last time. Janus. Mm -hmm. Yep, Janus. February, do you know that it got its name from an ancient festival dedicated to ritual springtime cleaning and washing? So it both January and February have had multiple names and they've been in multiple spots in our calendar. Where we look at today is what I'm telling you. Hey, do we know, do we know why we have the gopher? see his shadow or not see his shadow on February 2nd? I don't know where that particular, I don't know of him. And he didn't come up during the Gregorian calendar study. So oh, okay. my guess is Victorians. I'm going to read about March. So March is named Martius was named for the God of war Mars. And this was because March used to be the first of the year when the active military campaigns resumed. So the month of April got its name. If we'll move on, we talked, they think that that came from the meaning of the Latin word to open. Obviously it's the opening of spring. Yeah. I love April. So the month of May is like February in the fact that 
it was hard to come up with a real answer. They Mm. think that it came from two. It has to do with the Roman and the Greek gods and the fact that they became one. I don't know if anyone knows the story of those, but a lot of times they get conflated. They do. Yeah. So named after the goddess Mai or May, and it's debatable if that's who it came from, but they believe it is. Some scholars say that it's not named after her because the Latin poet Ovid actually claimed that the month may have been named after the Latin word meaning, and I think this is the true one, if you want my opinion, the Latin word maiores, which means elders to juxtapose it to the month of June which was named after Ionores, which no idea if I said that right, but that's the Latin word for youth. So to me, it makes sense that it would be May and June, elders and youth, not May, rando goddess, and June, youth. Yeah, I I like that one too. Plus Ovid said it versus historians guessing. True. Then we have, which I just said June, now we have July named after. Who do you think July is named after? At two Brute, Julius Caesar. Absolutely. And then what about August? Augusto. Augustus Caesar. Then that leads us to September, October, November, and December. I already went over that seven, eight, nine, ten. We have talked about this being a hot mess calendar. And it is. It's a hot mess calendar. We talked about April Fool's. We have talked about, can you imagine waking up one day and it's a new day, right? And we talked about how much we can't stand daylight savings time. There's another thing that we do with time and calendars, more time, and that is time zones. Have you ever transitioned time zones, Monica? I know you have. It is so hard. And you and I being in two different time zones, sometimes we still don't know what time we're meeting. That's so true. (laughs) That happens. So think about living in a world basically from about 400 years from 1582 to 1923 using Monica math. I did a lot of rounding in that, but the Julian and Gregorian calendars were used simultaneously. That sounds like a hot mess. It is. It's a hot mess. And that's why I say about like historians trying to figure out what day something really happened and was it happening at the same time something else was happening? You'd have to be very well versed in these calendars. But during that time, a lot of calendars had both dates. Couldn't even imagine. It's already so hard to be like 11 central, 12 Eastern, right? (laughs) But now think about this. Okay. So I have an example. It's a famous example, George Washington. So he was born on February 11th, 1731. And as we learned earlier, that was before the colonies. So once they adopted it, his birthday went from being February 11th, 1731 to February 22nd, 1732. But during 1731, they would have written out the Gregorian and the Julian dates. That is so nuts. It is nuts. So, and they would, you know how we do Eastern Standard Central I mean, could I have two birthdays? Yeah, that's what I think. You should get to celebrate both birthdays. I like this idea. If you had to live through that year, you get both birthdays for the rest of your life. Absolutely. So that would kind of be born and observed, I guess. Oh, yeah. It was called OS, old style, and NS, new style. And they would uh-huh. put those two dates there, and that way you kind of knew what it was. Not everyone did it, but a lot of people did. Before we close out, I have a couple things that I want to go over with the Gregorian calendar that I think you will find really fun.
believe it or not, the Gregorian calendar is not the only calendar in use. Yeah, no, there's a lot of calendars. Ethiopia, North Korea, China, and Saudi Arabia have their own calendars that they also use. Even though in 1949, China did adopt our calendar that we use here in the U.S. I was going to go in and tell you what today was in their calendars, but we've already gone a long time talking a lot about February. (laughs) So I'm just going to talk about these different calendars. So some of them are no longer used. Okay. But some of them are. So I thought it'd be really fun for us to tell everybody what the year 2000 truly was in these different calendars. I think that's a great idea, Monica, because as many of our listeners know, the year 2000 caused a lot of problems for people because of computers. Mm -hmm. Y2K. This is a perfect way to illustrate how messed up calendar (laughs) systems are. So if we would have stuck on the old Roman calendar, it would have been the year 2753. All right. Yeah, Monica. So 2753, according to the Roman calendar in the year 2000. I mean, man, I would be so old right now. I could be dead. (laughs) I know. And it's kind of crazy to see, wow, 753 years off by the time we got to that point. Yeah. And the Egyptian calendar, I mean, it's one of the oldest cultures in the world. It would be the year 6,236. Do you remember the Mayan calendar and how everyone thought we were going to die? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So according to their, well, they call it a cycle. It would be the year 5,119 when it was the year 2000. And there's several on this list, but I'm going to close this list with one that I thought was was pretty hilarious. In the year 2000, it would have been the year 2008, according to the French Revolution calendar. They're like, and this starts time over. And they really did try to <laughs> stick by that. I don't think it worked out for them. That's hilarious. Um, those Frenchies. In closing, I want to share one story, which I thought you would kind of find interesting. And I know that you snuck a peek in here and saw it and you got to talk to Paul about it, but as we know, not everyone, we know this from the last episode, it took some countries a while to get on the Gregorian calendar. Okay. So in 1908, the Russians were not on the Gregorian calendar. So there was the Olympics in London, 1908, and the Russian team arrived 12 days late and ended up missing their most favored event, which I'm not sure what that is. Sorry, everyone, because they were on the Julian calendar and hadn't switched over to the Gregorian. That is way more than fashionably late. Think about that 12 12 whole days. days. Yeah. I like the point you brought up earlier. Is this what caused them (laughs) to convert to the Gregorian? You know, I mean, they might say it's something else, but I feel like this played into it. it Mm -hmm. You know, don't forget friends. If you like this episode, follow us on your favorite podcast app and leave us a five-star review on either Apple or now Spotify. Sharing is super easy. Just hit the share button on your player and send a text or direct message to someone you think would like this episode. This episode was fun, wasn't it? I loved this episode. I think it's a great way to end the year because Monica, you and I have made the unilateral decision that now our year begins on March 1st. Hmm, Maybe it'll be a new calendar style for everyone. (laughs) Bye everyone. See you for season two.
Thanks so much for letting us be part of your day, whether that's folding socks, driving to work, or getting in your cardio. We're happy to provide you with some entertainment about nothing serious, seriously. For extended show notes, please head over to our website, monicaspodcast.com. That's with the number two. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Two Monica's Podcast and find us on Pinterest at Two Monica's Podcast. If you'd like to connect with us directly, email us at Two Monica's Podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. That was fun. Musical credits Happy and Lucky by Chilled Music, Whispering Winter by Chilled Music, and Monkeys Spinning by Kevin MacLeod.